Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Total Bases Podcast Express Show. I am your host, Austin Spiro, flying solo today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in uh, either on YouTube or on Spotify, on Stitcher, or live at the Baseball Life Facebook group, one of the best baseball groups uh, on social media. If you haven't checked us out yet, go ahead and check us out on Facebook. Uh, You'll meet people like me. You'll meet people like uh, Felipe. You'll meet people like... My man Corey Richmond is in the is in the uh, is in the chat. Uh, we've got uh, Henry, we've got Vince, we've got we've got a whole bunch of knowledgeable baseball fans in this group. So go ahead and uh, click on it and uh, find us on Facebook and go ahead and uh, talk with us. Be nice uh, today. This podcast we're going to talk about. Uh, free agent signings uh, in the slow offseason so far, not very many notable signings. There's going to be a lot more rumor talk than there is going to be about free agent signing talk. Um, but, you know, all is, you know, we'll 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 get through it there. Um, right off the top, though, I want to pay my respects to a baseball legend that passed away this morning. Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry passed away. And uh, you know what? It's it's a big hit to the baseball community. Uh, Gaylord Perry is very famous uh, for his spitball, causing a lot of controversy in his time. But you know what? He was a good pitcher nonetheless. A career 90 war, um, a record of 314, uh, 314 wins, 265 losses, uh, an ERA just just above three, a whip just below 1.2. One of the uh, one of very few pitchers to pitch over 5,000 innings. He's, he uh, got into 777 games, 690 of them were starts, uh, pitching 5,350 innings over his career and amassing 3,534 strikeouts. He is a Hall of Famer, won the Cy Young twice, and is a five-time All-Star. He played um, over the span of 22 seasons uh, with the Giants, the uh, the Indians at the time, now Guardians, the Rangers, the Padres, the Yankees, the Braves, the Mariners, and the Royals. Um, great career, Hall of Fame career. Can't really say much more about that. Just rest in peace, Mr. Perry. And he, he and our family, uh, he and his family are in our thoughts. Um, so let's get into uh, current baseball and let's get into some uh, free agent rumors and some uh, and some free agent signings. I already got Corey Richmond in the chat there. Corey Richmond is a Guardians fan and he says the uh, Guardians need to make some moves and as are also known as veteran leadership. Well, I was reading some of the rumors here and uh, I believe if I remember correctly, the uh, the. Guardians are in the market for a catcher. Specifically, they're in the market for maybe trading for Sean Murphy uh, of the A's. And uh, Sean Murphy is a big uh, trade commodity right now because, well, the A's don't really have anything. Um, these Sean Murphy's really the only other, the only person I think, the only player that he that that is worth anything right now on the A's, and. You know what? That, I think that would be a good get for the Guardians because they do need some veteran presence. Uh, Sean Murphy has both offensive and defensive prowess, um, so I think that would be a good, you know, a, a good offset for the Guardians' uh, good um, pitching staff uh, out there with you know all of the good pitchers, the starters, and the relievers that they got there. Um, add a little bit more of a bat 
at the catcher, you know, to support Jose Ramirez and, you know, all, all the other offensive weapons that they got there. Um, and he's been in the league for a little bit. So there's kind of your veteran leadership there at the backstop. So who's, well, we'll see uh, if the Guardians do, in fact, land uh, Sean Murphy. Um, if they don't land Sean Murphy, I'm sure they'll be in the market for either Wilson Contreras or they'll be in the market for um, maybe Christian Vasquez. Who knows? Um, so, and uh, let's talk about a signing that has happened though. A few, a few days ago, uh, the Astros made a deal with uh, first baseman, Jose Abreu, formerly of the White Sox to come over um, and play in Houston. I don't remember the details of the contract. So let me pull it up really quick. Um, but uh, he will be playing in Houston for the next, uh, for the next little bit of time here. If I can figure out where it is, um, but it's a three-year contract. There it is. Uh, so three years, fifty-eight and a half million dollars, uh, nineteen and a half, uh, nineteen and a half million per season. Um, I already said it in the last episode. I thought Jose Abreu would have been a great, great fit for the Astros. They needed some more offensive production out of uh, out of their first base. Uh, out of their first baseman, Yuli Gurriel. He's a good contact guy, good on base guy. We talked about this in the uh, baseball life. Uh, in baseball life, I talked about it with a couple people. Um, Gurriel's a good contact guy, but really his production is kind of waning. Um, he's entering his age 39 season, I believe. Now, Jose Abreu is getting up there. He's 35, but he's still producing in terms of RBIs. Um, even, you know, average and, you know, slugging a little bit in his last season with the White Sox, he played in 157 games. He hit 304 with a 378 OBP and a 446 slugging good for a 137 weighted runs created plus. So what weighted runs created plus is, is essentially it's a, they take the runs created stat, which is a multitude of different, you know, statistics and analytics put together and measured in how many runs you can create for your team. But the weighted runs created plus is weighted for ballpark factors, era factors, and division and position and things like that. Anything above 100 is above average. And the higher it goes, the better it is. Anything below 100 is below average. And Jose Abreu last season hit for a 137, hit for a 137 weighted runs created plus. Good slash line overall, good offensive slash line overall. He decided to, to um, tamper down his power. You know, he was hitting third, uh, you know, anywhere from 25 to 30 bombs since he entered the league in 2014. Now he, and he's taken a little bit more of a contact approach. He's, you know, he dropped his uh, home run total to 50, but he raised his average a little bit up over 300. His uh, OBP is up over, uh, is up about 20 points. And his slugging, of course, is down because his, you know, his batting average or his, uh, power approach has gone to more of a contact approach, but all in all his offensive numbers still great. And for the, for the Astros with the way that their lineup is set up, you have, you know, power in Jordan Alvarez, you have power in, you know, Jose Altuve, you have Alex Bregman, you have, you know, Kyle Tucker, you have all of these other power hitters that you don't need Jose Abreu to be the power guy. You need Jose Abreu to be more of an RBI guy, right? Strike out less, 
get, you know, make more contact with the baseball and drive in some of these other hitters, the Jose Altuve's, the Jordan Alvarez, the Kyle Tucker's, the, you know, those uh, people of that nature. While his walk percentage has, and, and in the last couple of years, his walk percentage has gone up and his strikeout percentage has gone down, which is really good to see, especially as he matures and he's going on to this new team. In fact, from 2021 to 2022, um, or for, let's say from 2020 to 2022, his walk percentage has gone up from 6.9% to 9.1% in a season. His strikeout percentage in 2020 was 22.5%. In 2021, it was 21.7%. But in 2022, his strikeouts went down, his strikeout percentage went down to 16.2%. So you're seeing him make more contact with the baseball, less swings and misses, getting on base more. And I think that's what the Astros need from their first baseman position. Overall, good signing by the Astros. He's going to hit fifth or sixth, I would think, in that lineup. Um, there's a lot of power guys, so I could actually see Jose Abreu hitting sixth. And that just shows how stacked of a lineup the Astros are right now to have an RBI guy like Jose Abreu tucked away in the number six, number seven hole, right? That's 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 pretty good. So that is Jose Abreu. Other rumors that I'm seeing around, um, you know, and MLB trade rumors and, you know, things of that nature. The Red Sox are interested in Mitch Hanniger, outfielder formerly of the Astros. Now, um, I think that could be a decent, you know, a decent uh, get for the Red Sox. I mean, the Red Sox right now are kind of in shambles. Their offense is in shambles right now. Um, 31 years old, batting righty. So, you know, that's that's good for, you know, the he Mitch Hanniger could certainly take advantage of the um, of the green monster. And, you know, he's got a power bat, so he would be right in the middle of that lineup um, for the Red Sox. I don't quite necessarily know his statistics when it comes to um, when it comes to a uh, his numbers in Fenway, but um, overall, that would be a pretty good fit, I think, for the Red Sox if they were able to get there. Um, but Mitch Haniger also has other suitors, other people that are calling him. Um, it seems like the um, the Boston has joined in the race with the Dodgers, the Rangers, the Giants, and the Angels. The Angels are also in contact with Mitch Haniger. Um, yeah, very interesting. Um, he's, I think, he's one of the more cheaper outfielder because the outfielders right now are are kind of are kind of it, it, really there's a stop gap there there's Aaron Judge who's really kind of stopping all of this progress and after Aaron Judge you're going to see you know probably somebody like Brandon Nimmo and then and uh, Andrew Benintendi jerks and Profar people like that kind of go off the board um but he would be right in that you know Brandon Nimmo Andrew Benintendi type of tier there um so be on the lookout. Maybe he might be on his way to Boston. Um, the other big one, Aaron Judge. Um, it seems like it's come out lately that Aaron Judge will be, um, might, we're hearing he might sign in the winter meetings. And it seems like it's come down to really two teams, unless there's some dark horse team that I haven't heard about yet. The Yankees have already thrown out a, um, 
over $300 million eight-year contract out on the table for, for Judge that they are considering. And then the Giants are still in play for Judge here. So it'll be interesting to see if the Giants come back uh, or what they come back with. I don't think it's a matter of if, it's a matter of what they come back with because I think we know they're going to come back with it. Um, the Giants seem to be pretty aggressive um, with their pursuit for Aaron Judge. But really, I'm going to be very honest. I really think he should and is going to go back to the Yankees. I just, I don't see him in any other, I don't see him in any other uniform besides a Yankee uniform. Just, I I, I can't see him in a Giants uniform. And I don't really see him playing very well to the Giants' park. The, you know, Yankees, Yankee Stadium, you're all, you already know that he's, you know, um, successful, not only in Yankee stadium, but in the Yankee market. I mean, he just had his, probably his best season and one of the best seasons that we've ever seen in MLB history as a Yankee. So, you know, I, I think he should go back to the Yankees, but we'll see. And maybe that'll be over. And I think once Aaron judge is done, once Aaron judge is done and signed, we'll start seeing a bunch of other signings of these bigger guys, especially in the outfield market. But you know, I think Aaron Judge is even making an impact on the shortstop market as well because you have the Yankees and the Giants both aggressively going after Aaron Judge, and whichever one doesn't go out, whichever one doesn't land Aaron Judge, I have a feeling they're going to pivot and try and get a shortstop. Right? They're gonna get. They're gonna try and get one of those shortstops, whether it be Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, or um, or Xander Bogarts. There's a lot of suitors for all of those guys. Um, I know Carlos Correa, it seems like it's very, it's a very strong possibility. He may go back to Minnesota, um, but there's a lot of suitors for all of these guys. Um, but once we start seeing Aaron, once we see Aaron Judge go off the board, we'll start seeing a lot more, um, a lot more people get signed here quick, fast, and in a hurry. Another one that I read that I thought was really interesting was more of a middle-tier pitcher. We're not talking about the Jacob DeGroms, the Justin Verlanders, or the Carlos Rodons. Jamison Tyone is drawing, apparently, very strong interest in free agency, and I don't blame them because Jamison Tyone had a pretty good season with the Yankees. So, you know, he set himself up very, very well with, with... his walk year. And it was kind of surprising that they didn't even offer a qualifying offer for Jamison Tyone. The Yankees uh, is what I'm talking about. Um, But I mean, he had a good 2022 season, a little bit of a high ERA three, nine, one ERA, but you know, overall he, he, he pitched 177 in the third innings. He, you know, K one out of every five, 20.7% of the batters he faced. Um, you know, and it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I like, I like Jamison Tyone. I've liked Jamison Tyone for a while. His ERA has gone down for over since the, um, since the past two seasons. Um, and really this is his third lowest ERA. He's, he's been in the league since 2016. So that's what one, two, three, four, five, six seasons. This is his third lowest ERA. So I would be interested to see who picks him up. I think he would be a good addition, you know, middle tier option for really a lot of teams. There's really a lot of teams that are looking to become uh, or bolster their pitching. Um, I really didn't see any, uh, any suitors that were, 
um, emerging, but apparently he's drawing a, a lot of attention from a lot of people. Um, let's see. The other, there were a couple more that I wanted to talk about. Guardian sign Anthony Ghost. He's okay. Tiger sign uh, Matt Boyd to a one-year deal. Again, not very, not very exciting. Okay. You thought Matt Boyd was going to be good, but I think we've kind of seen what Matt Boyd is going to deliver. Um, just okay. He's going to get rocked and other times he's going to be okay. So I don't think that's really a, uh, that sexy of a signing. Um, let's, we could talk a little bit about catchers. Um, let's talk a little bit about catchers. So really there isn't very many catchers, um, in this catcher market. You're looking at Wilson Contreras and Christian Vasquez after that. That's it. Um, so, and then I've already talked about Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy is drawing a lot of interest from the guardians. Um, so we'll see. Um, Sean Murphy also has three years of remaining club control. So that that's another um, reason why he's a sought after trade target. Um, but the other thing that is very interesting is the blue Jays are expected to deal one of their three catchers. They're expected to deal either Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk or Gabriel or Gabriel Moreno. I would be, I would think out of those three, the one that they trade is probably either Kirk or Moreno. And the reason why that is, is I think Kirk had a better, a little bit better of an offensive season, or at least a little bit more of a notable offensive season. And so he could draw a lot of high trade interest, but Gabriel Moreno is also young. He's a younger catcher, so he could garner a lot of trade prospects that maybe the other two um, don't necessarily get. Um, so uh, if I remember correctly, Gabriel Moreno, I believe, is in his early 20s. Um, he is 22. Uh, 22, he played in 25 games, hit 319, 356 OBP, and a 377 slugging. So honestly, pretty good debut season from... Um, from Gabriel Moreno, he has hit pretty well. It looks like in the yeah, he, he hit okay in the uh, in in the minors. He hit three fifteen in Triple A. Um, anywhere he's gone, it seems like he's hit pretty well. So you know, it's a pretty safe bet that he's probably garnering a lot of trade interest if they are in fact um, doling him out there. Um, let's see. Um. Yeah, I don't I don't see anything else when it comes to uh I think I already mentioned that the twins are making a strong push for Correa. Um I think out of the out of the four shortstops, so we'll talk about shortstops a little bit. So we're looking at Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, and Dansby Swanson. I think the best the the best bet of one of those four going back to their team is Dansby Swanson. Um, I think Bogarts is probably done with Boston. Um, I think Turner, I could very well see Turner moving on from the Dodgers. Um, Carlos Correa has already, um, already uh, decided that he, uh, or he's already rejected a contract offer from the Twins. Um, they're saying that he, they're making a strong push to re-sign Correa, but I don't necessarily know that that's where he is going to sign. Um, I'm hearing talk that also he might be in the market with the Cubs, um, which is an interesting get because the Cubs are kind of a mess and all over the place. So I don't know if he would belong or if he would go very well with the Cubs, but you never know. Never know. Um, 
Let's see. What else? What else are we looking at here? Um, oh, the Pirates signed Carlos Santana. Um, weird signing for me um, because Carlos Santana can still produce. Um, he's a great on-base machine. He did very well for the Mariners. Um, I'm trying to he, – he's in his age 36 season. He hit for a 102 uh, weighted runs created plus, but, you know, he's not going to hit much for average, 202 average, but – I mean, he had a 316 OBP, you know, still getting on base and he's still a power threat off the bench. So I would think some, you know, fledgling contender team could use him off the bench, but he decided to go to the Pirates. Who knows? Maybe the Pirates are trying to do something. I don't know why that just came out of my mouth because the Pirates never compete. Um, Let's see. Um, I think that's pretty much what we're going to... Looks like that's what we're going to end with. Um, so, yeah, the, it's it's kind of slow when it comes to the free agent signings. But, um, oh, there is one anecdote that I saw that I wanted to talk about. Apparently, there was one person that was a big deal or a big factor in enticing Jose Abreu to sign with the Astros. And I thought this was really interesting um, is Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell apparently was a huge instrumental piece in the signing of Jose Abreu. And apparently it's been known that Jeff Bagwell has been working a lot with the GM, with Jim Crane and, you know, with the Astros, um, with the Astros organization. And lately his role is kind of heightened as some sort of consultant or something like that. And they, and it was rumored that he was going to be interviewed for a front office position. And then it came out that he denied the interview for the front office position for the Astros. And I just thought that was an interesting story. So something else to look, look, look out for there is, is Jeff Bagwell looking for a front office role? Is he not looking for a front office role? Who knows? Maybe they'll entice him enough with enough money. Who knows? Um, a lot of former MLB players, it seems, making their way into the front offices or making their way into consulting roles. Um, so um, I think that's where we're going to end with the Express Show. We're already kind of 20 minutes in. Um, the only thing that I want to talk about is kind of a programming sort of thing here. Um, we are going to get started here with the Greatest of All Time series. For those of you that are just listening on um, you're listening on YouTube or you're listening on Spotify or anything like that. And you're not, maybe you're not maybe in tune with the baseball life Facebook group. Um, we are, I, over the past couple of, couple of weeks, a few weeks anyway, have been asking members of the baseball or all of the baseball life Facebook group who they thought was the greatest of all time in each by each position. So we went first base, second base, shortstop, third base. We went, uh, outfield. We went catcher and we went uh, starting pitcher and relief pitcher. Who is the greatest of all time in all of those? Um, I did top 10. We I asked uh, the group to give me top 10 lists and I compiled all of the data. Um, I had top 15 for the outfield and we I, I've compiled all of the data. All of the lists have been made. Now it's just a matter of programming it and getting it on there and producing the show. And uh, I am happy to say that that will be coming either next week or the week after um, I'm coordinating that with our poll master, Kevin, uh, Kevin Miller is going to be on uh, with me and we're going to be talking about that. And I hope you guys uh, tune in. Uh, I'll give you guys more 
um, more notification when we kind of set things in place on what days we're going to do it and when we're going to start it and things like that. Uh, we will probably start with the greatest first baseman of all time. Uh, we'll, we'll probably go in that order. And uh, it should be a great discussion. And I hope you guys are able to join us and and discuss what the, uh, you know, kind of discuss what the what you think is the greatest of all time um, at, at each position. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun revealing these lists and seeing the debate. Um, so I'm going to end on that note. Thank you guys for listening to the Express Show. Um, go and make sure to listen on Sunday with Felipe and Sean. Um, they are going to be on um, for the big total basis show. And, uh, I appreciate y'all listening week in and week out. Thank you. And, uh, if you want to find us, uh, you can find us at the baseball life Facebook group. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcasts. We're on YouTube, anywhere that you listen to your podcast, go ahead and listen to us. Thank you so much for listening. And I am your host, Austin Spiro. And, and until next time, have a good one, everybody. <laughs>